Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Hi, this is Ben Mackay from the North Melbourne Footy Club and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Here is your host, Dean. Thank you very much, Ben Mackay. Welcome to that to another episode. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, then welcome. My name is Dean Vass. You can find me on Twitter at hashtag Kangas or Instagram hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. Also on TikTok as well now at hashtag Kangaroos One. So tonight, I, tonight, my English has just gone way off. I'm not doing a game review because we had a buy. In case you didn't notice, so I have Marnie and Frank back on tonight to talk about a players that are out of contract in the season. We've had some big re-signings in the past couple of weeks. Charlie Combin has signed on till 2025, and Nick Larkey signed on till 2029 with our skipper, who is also signed till 2029. Uh, so I think I counted, and we've still got 16 players that came out of contract. That come out of contract at the end of the year. Also talked about the lines throughout the year in the uh, in the back line, midfield and forward line uh, to see how that's going. That was an idea through Rue Sowett uh, on Twitter, so I thought I'd decide. So I decided uh, to do that. So let's not uh, waste any more of your valuable time and bring on Marnie and Frank right now. Frank, Marnie, welcome back to the show tonight. Now, we've had some big re-signings the last couple of weeks. Uh, we didn't have a game on the weekend, so this is a good time to go through players that have still got to re-sign or be let go by the end of the year. Now, we've got 16 players that are out of contract in the end of the year, and I want to get each of your thoughts on these players. I'll pick one for, each, for you each, and we'll make a decision now on whether – he should be retained or let go based on what you've seen so far this year. So I'll start with you, Frank. Aaron Hall, six games and in and out of the team. The stats read pretty well with 23 possessions a game, but he hurts you in turnovers and it's hard to trust him whether he will put his body in line of the ball as well or what. Uh, what do you think about him? 32 years old as well, almost 33. Yeah, Dean, it's a, probably a no from me. I think at his age... Uh, the fact that he's not getting consistent football and we're sitting second last makes me think the club probably don't see him in their future plans. Uh, I'd personally like to see uh, more of a young Archer and Goda. So for me, I think he probably doesn't stay. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Tarrant Thomas sort of take that role last game because he does have a unique skill set in that he can break a line. But uh, I, I'm past it um, with him as well. Like, I think it's just time to move on. So, yeah, that's a that's a firm no for me as well. But, uh, yeah, look, I'd be surprised if he got another year, especially at his age as well. So, But the good thing about him, he hasn't had any hamstring injuries as well um, this year, which is he's, uh, actually been quite durable since he's been back uh, into the VFL team and AFL team. But, um, yeah, still a no yeah. for me. Uh, Marnie, Aiden Bonner, only two games and early in the year as well. He seems to be on the outer right now. How do you see this one panning out? I think you either go with Cor or Bonner. I don't think that there's a need to have both of them in the side, considering that that role of that kind of third tall defender hasn't really been utilised much this year at all. I just think that at this stage, Zeeble holds his spot. And you obviously, I know McDonald plays a different role, but McDonald holds, is holding his spot at the moment as well. And then you've obviously got um, Logan. And for now, you've got Mackay down back too. I think, I don't think they'll rush to make a decision though on Bonner. I think that it could go either way. I think the other part of me thinks that it's handy to have him there as a backup, um, particularly if Mackay does leave at the end of the year, then I think he actually could 
be an interesting one to kind of play with next year. Um, so I think his re-signing will largely depend on the re-signing of Mackay. I am not emotional about the decision. If we decide to give him another year or another couple of years, I'm okay with it. But if we just from him, then I'm also okay with it because he hasn't really done much this year. But because there hasn't really been a need for that role this year in my eyes. Yeah, he's probably. I don't think he's tall. He's he's one of those mid-sized players. He's he's not tall enough to be uh, a key position player, and he's probably not quick enough to give you a uh, rebound out of defence. And it's probably him or Zebel. And Zebel is just um, yeah, he's been pretty good. So he might be another one that's um, yeah, if Z, yeah, like you sort of said, if Zebel retires, like let's say his body can't handle it, then he might get another year. Um, and I, obviously uh, Ben McKay. Yeah, I mean. Get, we'll go to him. Um, I'm not too sure on Aiden Bonner at the moment either, so that, that could go either way. Look, and Yeah, I'm sitting on the fence with that as well, Marnie. Uh, Frank, we'll go to Ben Mackay. Has had an up and down year, been inconsistent. I think this one plays out to a free agency and see what offers he gets um, because it, it'll depend on what uh, compensation we get for him, whether it's a pick three or you know, an early second rounder. Um, what do you think will be a good money uh, number of money and years for him right now because I don't think it's very high right at this minute. No, Dean, I agree. I, I think, uh, look, um, I think probably around about the 700 mark is probably our ceiling, uh, But and that is on previous form. On current form, he'd be lucky to get that. But then you've got to factor in has he has he mentally checked out, and that's why he's playing at that level. But I I, I agree with you. I think if the compensation comes in, I've heard eight hundred thousand bounced around will trigger uh, the first round pick. I, I think that would be fair uh, uh, for us. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to pay him over seven hundred, uh, but I understand the club might want to match uh, whatever the bids are in order to you know, get get a, a better deal if we don't get that first round pick. I wouldn't want to lose him for a second round pick, but I certainly wouldn't want to pay him 800000 a year on his form. So, yeah, like you said, I think there's a lot to play out in the background with this one. My preference is to keep a happy Ben Mackay um, and and because I think he can contribute, but there's no point um, forcing him if um, on his current form it, it feels like he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I think um, with the way he's been this year, I think it's just um, it's, uh, the risk is a little bit too high to go big money and big years for him at the moment. At the yep. start of the year, I'd have said no dramas, five years, eight hundred thousand, no worries. But just uh, with his inconsistent inconsistency this year, I, 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 yeah, like you said, I can't, I, I really can't go past you know to seven hundred thousand um, past that or anything near that. To be honest with you, and even the years, I wouldn't go more than three. Right yeah, now I, I just can't trust him because he's played 50-odd games uh, through injury and concussions in about, uh, oh, what's it, uh, five or six years of AFL football. So, you know, it's, um, it's, well, there is durability like, concerns. Like you said, Dean, I think the ideal result would be a three-year contract at 600000 but that's not going to keep him there, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Port Adelaide off of that, we'd probably would probably just match it to be honest yep. with you, because that's the, the compensation is just uh, not good enough. Correct. So yeah, yeah, I think this one plays out until um, the end of the year anyway. Uh, Marnie Blake Drury, first pick in the rookie draft. I'd be comfortable giving him giving him an extra couple of years on the cheap here, and still on the rookie list as well. How do you feel about him? 
Yeah, I'd give him another year or a couple of years. I think he's um, he didn't really set the world on. He actually played quite well in his first game, but kind of the games that followed, he didn't really set the world on fire. He didn't really contribute much. Maybe he just needs a little bit more time to develop in the VFL before he comes back. I think I've seen, while it's been a little, I think we've seen enough for him to at least justify another year. I think you can stay on the rookie list for two seasons. So I definitely think it's enough to keep him on the rookie list at least for another year um, and kind of see you know, where we can make it work, if we can make it work. So I agree with you. I'd be happy. I'd be happy to give him at least one more year. I don't think that there's going to be, you know, if we're going to have our door knocked down with others, um, people trying to poach poach him. So for me, definitely give him another year, see if there's any further development, um, if he can break side permanently and then just kind of go from there. I think he's definitely someone who, you know, it's kind of a, what if at the moment and I would be comfortable going for another year to really figure out if it's like going to happen for him or not. Yeah. I mean, he's shown a lot of our leadership qualities in junior football as well, which is, which is obviously a good sign. Now. Yeah. I mean, they've tried him in the back line in a forward line. There's probably not a position for him in the back line at the moment. That's why they've probably pushed him forward and we, because we are missing that uh, small forward, but uh, like a lot of the other small forwards we've had in the team, um, he probably just didn't show enough and had to go back to the VFL, but I'm comfortable with keeping him for another couple of years to be honest with you and see how he develops. Uh, Frank, Daniel, how a lot of detractors uh, in his year so far. I think we've all uh, had a go at him at certain points. <laughs> um, has had serviceable moments and seems like a river bloke, but I think we know his ceiling. And I would like a rookie list of play being given to an 18-year-old uh, kid who has upside. Um, how do you see, see it uh, with him for next year and uh, possible years down the track? Pretty much the same, Dean. I've, I sort of think, look, he's been serviceable. I think he's just going to be one of those players that dominates at VFL level but just can't quite um, lock down a, a senior spot uh, in in the AFL. So um, maybe as a depth player on, on bargain basement, you know, you might keep him there. He, he's versatile enough to play in a couple of different spots. But uh, personally, I, I wouldn't lose any sleep if they let him go. Yeah, I mean, I think he's come to the club as a character guy and he will do a role for for your team when he has to. But, uh, yeah, look, I mean, like I said before, I don't think his ceiling's uh, much higher than what it is at the moment. I'd, I'd rather take a lottery punt on someone. I mean, we've seen some players come from other clubs like an Oscar Baker and, and a few others. Um and you've seen, you know, who are getting opportunities. Uh, and there was another, there's a small forward for GWS whose name escapes me. Um, that's, uh, you know, come from Melbourne as well. That's, uh, you know, they haven't been given an opportunity in another club, but maybe they, you know, their ceiling is a lot higher. So I'd rather give that opportunity to someone that we don't know that's about 18, 19, rather than actually someone that's 26, 27, who's, um, you know, played his best football. Marnie Flynn Perez uh, was in the mix for the team in pre-season, played all the games in pre-seasons, but the murders of Harry Sheasel stopped that. Has been good in the reserves the last month, but still can't get a game. Only two games this year. Has had a lot of concern with injury. Done his ACL twice before 20 years old. I'm I'm a bit torn about this one. How do you think this one plays out? Yeah, I'm the same as you, Dean. I, I feel like I've been waiting... For it's for me, Flynn Perez, the hype, I use that word quite loosely, but the talk around Flynn Perez reminds me of the talk around Tristan Cherry. I personally don't get it. 
I just don't understand for me. I haven't seen, I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but I haven't seen enough for me to be like, yes, this is going to be a player for us for the next 10 years, a really, really good player for us for the next 10 years. I think he's okay. He definitely has had a lot of interruption with injury and he hasn't really had a lot of consistency um, in his game. But I just don't know if, a lot of players show potential, but there's only a small portion of them that actually deliver on that potential. And I'm in this camp at the moment where I just don't know if he's going to deliver on that potential. And I'm finding it really hard to see past the potential into the future and what really could be for us. He's been on list for a few years now. For me, I think maybe the time is up and maybe he they, we won't offer him another contract. That's just kind of what my gut's telling me at the moment. Um, and that's because I just can't see it, but you could talk to somebody who can see it and they might have a different opinion on it. But for me, I just feel like if, I feel like he's had quite a a few chances now and it hasn't worked through either injury or he's just been dropped because his form hasn't been good enough. Um, and for me, I think there's a few players in there that probably would get a spot in the side over Perez. Yeah, I thought his first year was quite good. He showed a lot, um... Uh, when uh, during a COVID year when we had to go to uh, Brisbane and play all uh, those games. And he, and he showed a little bit there. But then the second ACL seems to have um, really uh, changed him. He seems a lot slower now, uh, especially his turn of speed. is very slow, which is uh, you can't really put him on those quick, agile, uh, small forwards, which makes it really tough for matchups for him. Um, and his skills of... Yeah, like he's he was good on both sides of his body, and in the reserves in the last month, he has shown signs that uh, his skills are coming back. But uh, even uh, you know, you've seen him shin a ball in the seniors uh, a few a uh, few weeks ago against Port Adelaide, where it uh, went about twenty meters, and you think, yeah, it was just an, an AFL like uh, skill error uh, from a high quality player. And um, yeah, I wonder if that second ACL is really. Um, yeah, you know, uh, affected his confidence and belief in football. But um, yeah, look at at the moment, I'm, I'm probably with you, Marnie. I think he might be on the outside, and it might be about you know, it might be thirty seventy, thirty percent chance he stays in the list, and seventy percent he doesn't. So yeah, we'll see how we go. Frank, well, uh, Hamish Free didn't de- debut, and he's out for the season with a shoulder injury. Started off quite poor, but he started to find a little form before his injury. I'm still not that high on him because he's an agile and he doesn't dominate around the ground with hitouts as well. It reminds me a little of Tom Campbell, uh, who was handy, uh, who was handy as a forward on occasions, but hardly going to win your games. What do you think about Hamish Free? Uh, I think he stays, Dean. Uh, provided we can we can give him uh, we get him at at, at bargain basement, and I suspect we will. Um, I think we need a bit of backup for uh, you know a doomsday scenario. Uh, in the seniors, uh, at least we know he's got the physical capability to to match it. Um, one of the other players that you'll probably bring up uh, a little bit uh, down the track, I don't think uh, he's probably of all the ruckmen. I would I would keep Hamish um, as um, uh, you know uh, break glass in case of emergency. No, fair enough. Um, yeah, I'll look. I just um, look. There's, a, I think there's a player in the VFL, Sam Naismith, who dominated him um, when they played when we played Port Melbourne. Uh, yep. Yeah, early in the season. I'd rather probably take a punt on him and just move Hamish Free on. But um, that's just me, you know. Like I think oh, there's better. Yeah. No, I agree. And either way, Dean, if we can pick up someone that fits that role, uh, but you know has a bigger upside, absolutely. But I think we need um, someone that's. Uh, 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 
ready physically to to jump in and and play those three or four or six games if if we need it. No, fair enough. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's understandable. Uh, Marnie, Jack Marnie, out for the season with a shoulder injury now. Now, hardly dominated the reserves, and his kicking is still a worry to me. Got a couple of games in the seniors and was good against uh, the Saints with 16 disposals. Still only 21, even though he looks 35. Uh, what do you think about him? I'd literally do anything to never see him play a senior game again. <laughs> yeah. I know that's probably really harsh, but again, I wonder, maybe it's that I don't see it. I'm in the I don't see it camp. For me, you can't, like, he doesn't, it's an issue we've got across all of our small forwards. All of our small forwards, well, not all of them, okay, you've got Jack Marnie, Kane Turner, Phoenix Spice, let's just chuck them in a, in a pile. They're all one-dimensional. None of them do enough. You can't just have a small forward in the forward line for pressure acts and tackling. And he like he doesn't even do that good of a job of it when he is in the side. I thought he was okay when he was moved into – he kind of was moved like kind of up on the wing um, and played a little bit higher up the ground um, in that St Kilda game. I actually thought he was okay and did a few nice things. But he's not my first preference in that position either. You've got obviously Eddie Ford has come in and he's really made that, you know, that second wing his own. When you've got Bailey Bailey Scott on the other wing, so for me, I would understand why we would keep him. I think age is the one thing that he definitely has on his side because you look at like a Kane Turner and Kane Turner's closer to thirty, whereas you know Jack Marnie, as you said, you know, he's still only in his early twenties. But for me, I would be more than happy for him to be moved on at the end of the year. More than I think, happy. I think a good comparison uh, for me. Uh, do you remember Nathan Horvat? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that's a similar comparison. You know, not penetrating kicks, not overly quick, but very small. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah, I just don't know if he's um, if that's going to cut it in AFL football. I mean, he's very small. He does try hard, like he does chase, but, but uh, he, you know, doesn't. Yeah, go. On. Yeah, but I just it's not it's not enough. It's the same reason mm-hmm. having Phoenix Spicer inside to tackle and for pressure is not enough when they crumble every time they've got. None of these players are contributing enough on the scoreboard. And we're not, in recent weeks, it's been a different story, but we haven't really been, gen- we haven't really been generating match-winning scores for most of the year. And obviously, because we've lost the last 12 games in a row. Do you know what I mean? So for me, you need someone who's dynamic in that small, in that small forward position. You need somebody who's got depth, who's got multiple skill sets, not someone that can only focus on one area of practice at a time like someone who can only kick goals or someone who can only shut down a dangerous a dangerous small defender or someone who can just be that excuse me that tackle and pressure small forward I know that Larky's form's been great I know that Stevenson's form's been excellent as well and they've been constantly hitting the scoreboard week after week but it's almost like a waste to have a player like that in the forward line when we could be bringing in someone who is not only going to pressure and is not only going to tackle and is not only going to sort of, you know, generate play and scoring opportunities, but actually going to score as well. So for me, he's just not enough. And I think if we want to take that step from being a good side and accepting a gallant effort here and there to a side that actually starts demanding more from their players in terms of performance and in terms of results, then we need to make calls like this and move on from a player like Jack Marnie who, oh, pat on the back, you've had eight tackles and three possessions in a game and no goals. Like it's actually, it's not good enough. 
and this is why teams like a Brisbane, for example, they've got Charlie Cameron. Like he is such an, and I know he's a superstar and elite player in that position, but you want, you know, our small forwards aren't even half of the kind of player that Charlie Cameron is. Do you know what I mean? So for me, we've really got to start making tough calls. And this is, I don't see it as a tough call. I think it's crystal clear, but others I think will probably have more positive things to say about him. But for me, it's just, it's not, it just doesn't cut it for me. Think that it's time to move on. Yeah, and Brisbane have got Lincoln McCarthy as well, who does you know both as well. Like he's he's a pressuring forward who kicks goals, um, and it's a, such an important role in the AFL system right now. And yeah, you know, we have given him you know three three years of football, and uh, he I don't think there's much more of a ceiling to him. And I, I think you're right. You know, it's probably you know we've probably come to the stage where you know it doesn't look like it, and I don't think he's going to gain a yard of pace, and he's going to all of a sudden start kicking goals. So maybe. Yeah, we, we might have to let him go, uh, unfortunately for him. Uh, Frank, Jacob Edwards. Now, we've talked about him, and he's averaging five touches a game in the VFL with two goals so far for the season. Uh, spent the number one pick on him in the mid-season draft uh, a couple of years ago. Has been an interesting – you know, has had an interesting career uh, without actually playing a game. Last year, halfway through the year, season, um, he had to leave the VFL uh, program for a month to get himself fit, basically. Um, he won't get a senior game this year, but should he get another year based on the evidence of what is what we've seen of him? No. The, yeah. That's the short answer. Unless he's doing something remarkable at the club uh, in, in, you know, strength, endurance that we don't see. Um, I've watched him pretty closely in the VFL and he, he couldn't be further from making a senior debut than he is. In fact, sometimes I wonder whether he's, just hanging on to a VFL spot. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought happened to him a couple of weeks ago. Now, um, he was out with a, a virus, I believe, but I actually thought he got dropped. Yeah, um, I was actually at that game. Uh, that was when we played GWS at Arden Street, and, and I went there, and a few people were sort of asking the question, and the general consensus in the outer was that he he got a stomach bug or something like that. But... Um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't the case at all. But for me, he's just a mile off the pace. Well, Tyler Sellers and Ben Bath have um, showed a lot more than he has this year. So, and they deserve yep. a game ahead of him. I mean, the other reason he's probably getting game because he's on the, an AFL list, uh, to be honest with you. But his form in VFL has been yeah quite a way off, and he won't he won't play a senior game. I think Jesse brought up a few weeks ago that maybe they could try him in the back line, but. Um, yeah, uh, or, or the ruck um, for big spells in the game because we don't even have a ruck one, not even put in there VFL. So I'm not too sure uh, if they've just um, already given up on him. Uh, yeah, but uh, at this stage, I'd have to say he gets delisted. Yeah. Uh, Marnie, Callum Dawson, another player that is on the outer at the moment, hasn't played a senior game. And that, this one might be a case if, um, again, if Ben McKay resigns. Uh, yeah, or leaves, um, then yeah, he, you know, he, he might keep his spot based on that. Um, also, if Jack Zebra retires, then we, we could still use him as depth. Um, how do you see this one? I think you might have mentioned that a couple weeks ago that uh, he's probably worth keeping for another year. I find this one so bizarre because think back to Good Friday. You've got no Mackay, he's out injured. You've got no Griffin Logue, he's suspended. And for me, naturally, Callan Dawson is that replacement for the two of them. Couldn't even get a game. And for me, that was just such a weird 
like a really weird scenario. I actually was really impressed by Dawson last year. And that was, you know, he obviously came in in the mid-season draft. And for me, I just thought, wow, this guy's got really good footy instinct. He's really cool, calm, collected under pressure. He's really good decision-making, you know, and he kind of always seemed really composed and level-headed. So I was really excited to see him get a game this year. Um, after having a full preseason under his belt, but he's just gone completely MIA. I think he's out of favour. I agree with that. And I think that Ben Mackay leaving might if 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 anything's gonna save his career. Now I don't I don't I actually don't know if we're even at that point and we're even having that conversation. He could already be so far gone. We've got no idea. But if if he was gonna be on the list next year, I think that it probably would be to potentially replace Mackay. It's not exactly a lack of placement in terms of skill level, but I was a big fan of what I saw from Dawson. So for him to be completely overlooked, um, particularly in round four, I thought that was definitely his opportunity. So you kind of got to sit here and think, well, if he was overlooked then, is there any coming back from that? I'm not sure. My gut tells me he won't get another contract, unfortunately. I just feel like something, you know, he would have had an opportunity at senior level this year. So far, if that was the case, there's definitely been opportunities for him to come into the side. So I think it. I find it hard to make a case for him getting another senior contract in the current circumstances. Yeah, I mean, he's already 25, so and he's brought in pretty much to play senior football straight away. Um, so if he's not getting uh, senior opportunities, then they might just go, oh, let's just go to the draft and get an 18, 19-year-old kid that's a key position defender. And there is a bit of depth in that area in this year's draft. So, yeah, look, a, a lot might depend on Ben McKay, like you said. So, yeah, that one's, uh, that's, that one's going to be uh, interesting because I actually can't see him getting a game for the rest of the year unless there is injuries. Uh, to be honest with you, because it seems like uh, it's uh, Ben McKay, Griffin Logue, Aiden Core, um, Jack Zebel as your four. Um, one of them might miss out, which would probably be Aiden Core, and yeah, Aiden Core would come in if there's an injury. So he's, he's well down, down in the depth chart. Uh, Frank Kane Turner, uh, we know the player he is. Seven games and one goal. I think it's time with Aaron Hall. We'll probably move past him, don't we? Yes. <laughs> That's yeah, as short no. as I can be, Dean. Yeah, yes. We so when yeah. we talk about ceilings uh, and and opportunities, you throw in age. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I can't see him staying on. No, no. I mean, we don't have to go too much in depth with that. I think it's you know. I, I, look, I was, I was surprised. The you know they uh, they rookied him. To be honest with you, like I like I've uh, pretty much said all along. I'd rather they would have taken an opportunity on a player from another club that uh, wasn't getting a chance, just a small forward. It doesn't matter who it is. If he's never played an AFL game, rather than getting cutting Turner, because we know the player is. His actual pre-season form was quite strong and he, and he deserved his opportunity in early rounds. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, it showed after that uh, the, real, um, the type of player is. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the ceiling isn't very high. Marnie, Lockie Young, another 50-50 player that has found himself on the outer after a good second half of the year last year. Has had some niggles in the reserves, which has uh, hurt his continuity. And with Zeebel dropping up back uh, along with Sheasel, he has not looked like getting a senior game. What do you think about him? Do you think he'll get another year? I really hope he does get another year. I was being really disappointed that we haven't seen him um, again. I feel like same as Dawson. I think there has been opportunities for Lockie Young to come into the side. One thing I loved about Lockie Young at the end of last year was the way he was directing traffic out of the back line. 
it kind of seemed like he was the guy who we were going through to get the ball outside, you know, out of our defensive fifty and moving it, moving it forward. So for the fact that he hasn't he hasn't played a senior game this year really surprises me and disappoints me as well. I would be if you're thinking about. I know Dawson and Young are, are different players, but if we're talking about the two of them, I would love to give Young the contract over over Dawson because I think he showed quite a few elements of his game you know I think he was a really solid contributor last year I think his communication and his leadership skill um, and his ability to direct traffic is is really strong and he's there um, so for me like I said I'm quite surprised we haven't seen him um, play you know senior football this year and I he's one that I would be willing to give one more lifeline to to see if we can find a spot for him because I do think he's a really a really good player yeah, I agree. I, I think there's a player there. Um, I, I, I couldn't agree more. What I think he showed a lot uh, second half last year. But I was surprised he was on the outer in preseason straight away, and uh, hasn't really looked like um, yeah being given an opportunity in senior football. I'd like to. I was surprised uh, he didn't sign a two year contract after the end of last year, or even three years. That he showed that much. So yeah, look. Out of all the players that you mentioned and that we've mentioned, he's probably got the highest ceiling out of all of them. So, yeah, no, I think he's worth, definitely worth keeping on, on the list. And hopefully he does get that opportunity um, in the last few weeks of the season. Uh, Frank Liam Shields, now, was just supposed to come in and play probably eight to ten games and help with the youngsters, being a non-field coach. But he's been outstanding and right now averaging 18 disposals a game, 5.5 tackles a game, which is second behind George Wardlaw. I would think they would be happy to give him another year, whether he wants to is up to him, really, isn't it? Yep. Agree 100%, Dean. He, I thought he was coming into basically direct traffic in the VFL, but he's he's been outstanding. And if he wants to uh, go around again, I think on the strength of his form, it's completely up to him. Unless his body uh, isn't up to it, uh, it's a yes from me. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I think this would be his 14th preseason or 15th preseason if he goes into it next year, whether he wants to uh, batter his body, body anymore. He does have a job at the club. He's going to go into recruiting when he does finish uh, playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's totally up to him. But I think he showed enough that um, you'll definitely you'll definitely be given another year. Uh, Marnie, we've uh, talked about small forwards. I've given you another one, uh, Phoenix Spicer. Now, you mentioned him before, has played six games, only the one goal, but averaging 3.8 tackles a game. Now, the thing that concerns me, and I think we've mentioned this with Jack Barney and others, he's very small, 173 centimetres, 64 kilos. Uh, he does try hard, but right now he's an AFL ready, uh, level uh, ready. But I'll, I'll probably, you know, maybe give him another year ahead of Jack Barney uh, if I had to pick one or the other. I just want to sack all of our small forwards. <laughs> what a lineup, gee whiz! Um, yeah, I agree. He's the only he. He'd be the one I would I would offer another year to. Um, he just is so timid. It's not the fact even that he's so small. It's like every time he gets the ball, it's like he loses his all senses. He like doesn't know what to do with it. It's absolutely wild. And for me, you know. The issue I have, and I just, this one moment sticks out in my mind when we played the Bulldogs. And was it when he played the Bulldogs and he laid that that fantastic tackle and the Bulldogs defender was caught holding the ball, he goes back and he misses the set shot. Yeah. And for me, that is a reflection of at the lack of progression we've seen from him. You can't blame consistency. He's actually had a really decent whack at it um, at senior level this year. And he's just not stepping up to the plate. 
there's only so much that we can do and so only so much opportunity someone can have for me have i seen have i seen development over the past what is it eight weeks that he's been in the side or something like that yeah i, I definitely have but it's, it's quite minimal i think I, I can't sit here and say the player that he was at the start of this block to the player that he is now halfway through the year they're not worlds apart there's improvement but it's re it's a really slow burn so whether we think that it's worth you know persisting i'd give him another year and half of that is because i feel like that a small part of me feels like it will be worth it but a bigger part of me feels like he's the best of a very ordinary bunch and we can't actually get rid of all of them we need someone to play that role but i would be looking to the trade period and i would be looking to the draft of the preseason draft and the rookie draft you know to try and find or two other players who can fit this role i'd be really looking forward to giving hanson jr a shot and i do hope that he gets an opportunity at afl level but i mean if this is the best of the three that we've got rotating through this spot at the moment all i can say is god help us we need we really need this is like quite an sos situation from where I see it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's hard to argue with that sort of logic, uh, yeah, uh, logic because it, it seems like every small four that plays in their team seems to only get three or four touches uh, each week. It uh, doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Kane Turner, Jack Marnie, uh, Blake Drury or, you know, uh, Phoenix Spicer, they they all do the same thing. They get about four touches a game. So it's, it's quite bizarre. And... They're never around uh, anyone's feet like Nick Larky when the ball goes in the air or Colin Colin Jones. So, yeah, no, we've, um, yeah, it's definitely an area we're lacking. There's obviously high quality small forward in that draft early, uh, early in the draft, which will probably be a top five pick. Um, we'll most likely have pick two. Whether we reach for him at pick two, um, Nick Watson um, might be, yeah, might have to, uh, might have to go for best fit available. So we'll uh, we'll wait and see how we go with that. Now we've got a couple of veterans to go before we finish off. I thought we'd leave these to last. Frank Todd Goldstein. Uh, 13 games this year and 35 years old in a few days' time. Uh, we'll actually turn 35 against the Crows on Saturday. All the stats are pretty good. Hasn't slowed down. Now, Tristan Cherry is back in the fold now. I don't think we see CCJ as number one ruck, and I'm not sold on Hamish Free, like I said before. I think he might get another year, but only, might only get uh, six games next year if Tristan Cherry takes number one spot. Um, do you think he would accept that? That's the question, Dean, is would he be prepared to be, uh, you know, to, to cop running around in the twos as a backup? If he does, absolutely. I think he's still got good footy in him. Um, he, he can still compete at the top level. Sure, he's not dominating games like he was, but like you said, he's about to turn 35. I think the question is, can can we sell him the benefit of, uh, you know, maybe playing half the games in the twos uh, and then the other half coming in to you know, give uh, whoever the number one Ruckman is, Sherry, we suspect, uh, a rest or, you know, as in what happened this year, injury or suspension coming in and taking the number one mantle. Um, but if we can get him for the right price, I would definitely give him another year. Yeah. I might get Marnie's thoughts on this one too, because are you, if when Tristan Sherry gets fully fit, who do you think is the number one Ruckman? And who do you think would be the number one Ruckman? Uh, all things being equal in 2024 in round one. Todd Goldstein is our best Ruckman. 
he is a hundred percent our best ruckman. He it's the impact that he has around the ground. I mean, he took what four or five marks in defence against the Bulldogs, three of them in the first quarter. He had more he had more hit outs than both English and Lob combined against the Bulldogs as well. His for me, you have I believe I've read rumors that he is in talks with the club and and that he has they've have open negotiations for another contract next year. And I'm just hope of everything that it is true and that he does play another year. I think we will be doing ourselves an injustice if we said, if we showed him the door um, and if we kind of just didn't, we didn't at least try and, and, and re-sign him for another year. I'm not opposed to the alternate weeks. I don't think it would necessarily be equal that he plays half the games and that Sherry plays half the games. I think that, but I just, I don't know. I'm in the not sold camp. I've said this so many times today I'm, I, and I'm sure people are just wanting to knock some sense into me, but I also don't see the Sherry thing. I think, yep, he's great in the ruck um, and I think he's a good chat ruckman, but, you know, he, he takes, he, he's not, for me, he's not a consistent enough performer across the board. And nowadays, the way the game's going, you need to be able to, as a ruckman, to have presence around the ground as much as dominating a ruck because it's less about what you do in the ruck and it's more about the, the midfielders that are surrounding you winning the clearances. Geelong have played games without a, without having a ruck competing. We played Geelong a couple of years ago and there was a big patch of the game where they we, we had the only ruckman in the game. What makes Todd Goldstein such a good player and what's, what makes the best ruckman in the competition such good players is their ability to affect the game our way from the ruck contest. And that's something that I don't think Sherry has and he doesn't, or he doesn't do it as well as Goldstein does. Now, obviously Goldstein's, you know, he's, he's, he's going to turn, he'll be 35 um, on the weekend. So obviously he's not the player that he used to be, but I still think he is one of our best performers. And I think he's been one of our most consistent performers throughout the year. And I don't, see how we can let that go as easily as a lot of people would be happy to. Marnie, if I can just jump in, I was going to say the one thing I think the club really likes about Tristan Sherry is he's very, very combative. Uh, he, he provides a real physical presence. Yeah, he doesn't get the ball anywhere near as much as Todd Goldstein does. But from what I've seen, if you watch him closely, I think he's the kind of guy that enjoys hurting people. Uh, and I think that's what the club sees in him is he's, he's potentially one of those guys that will protect the younger midfielders. But I agree, he's probably got to start to do a little bit more around the ground. For me, it's got the same aura as that one trick pony thing. Like we just had the conversation with the small forwards and I, and I don't disagree that he doesn't. I agree with you, Frank, and I think that he does add something outside of the he does add something outside of the ruck contest I I, I I i i said that wrong before he does add something for me it's not enough having mm. a physical presence sure that's great but cam zerha also has a huge physical presence and 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 the list goes on and on and on and on and on um george wardlaw throws himself hard at every contest and and for me the line stops with he and his good physical presence and for me, it kind of stops there. Whereas yeah. the best players in the competition, they are dynamic. They do have layers. And this is from a perspective as the club overall, I think we do if we want to take that next step. We genuinely want to start moving towards getting competitive again and then playing finals again. And then one day actually you 
looking to go top four and potentially, you know, fight for for a premiership. We honestly think both of you that Tristan Sherry ship has the potential to be a premiership ruckman. I don't think so, but I think Todd Goldstein did. And for me, if this is this, football's about winning premierships, at the end of the day, and while we're not in that frame, we could be in that frame when Tristan Sherry is still playing. And I if he's a really hypothetical conversation they know i'm kind of going down a bit of a hole with it but it just comes back what standards are we setting for ourselves across the club are we happy with someone who you know the role or do we want someone to really take our team to the next level because that what and because todd goldstein has i still think he has that potential he still has where he's dominated for us this year so that's the way i look at it spoil with how he's played for so many years he's barely missed a game he's been at the top of his game pretty much his entire career but i don't think that's a standard that we can't expect from you know his successor be it sherry or be it somebody else uh frank did you want to answer marnie's question first uh well look the only thing i'd say marnie and dean is that uh, i mean i remember hamish mcintosh's first three or four years at, at north uh, he was stuck in the VFL playing for Port Melbourne, and it, it really took that fourth or fifth preseason for him to get that tank. Uh, and then, uh, you know, he he really hit another level. They always say big men take uh, a long time. I get it. I, I'd love him. I'd love uh, Tristan Sherry to to roam around the ground and take uh, ten intercept marks and have forty hit outs. Uh, I, I think with big guys, it just takes a bit of time. Um, but saying that, look, I did say before that I think Todd. We need to keep Todd Goldstein for another year, uh, because I'd be nervous of with just going with Tristan Sherry. Uh, but I still think he's got an upside, and and hopefully, you know, we start to see that. I think uh, I, I could see him as a premiership ruckman, Tristan Sherry, only because I think uh, the ruck position is probably one of the more overrated positions on a football field. I think we've seen the Bulldogs win a premiership with Tom Boyd as a ruckman. You know, you've seen Collingwood with Josh Fraser, not exactly elite ruckman in the competition, probably not in, even in the top half as far as uh, best ruckman. I mean, round one this year, um, Hugh Greenwood rucked for three quarters and was probably, you know, I'm surprised you didn't yeah. actually mention him, Marnie, that he could be an ex-premiership ruckman. ruckman but, oh, Australian um, ruckman Hugh Greenwood. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So yeah, and he, all all you have to do is compete in the ruck, and if you've got a good enough midfield, they'll do the work for you. Um, so mm-hmm. I think yeah, it can be you know a position that um, yeah you don't really have to put too much stress on. So yeah, I mean I think uh, Collingwood are happy to let um, Brody Runny go. I mean I know he had a big contract. But um, just to have, uh, I don't even know, Mason Cox in the ruck. So uh, believing that he could be the premiership ruckman. And if he gets injured, which he has been, that they can just get someone else like Dan McStay or, or whoever else they've got, um, oh, Darcy Cameron, uh, to be the number one ruck. So I think it is a replaceable position. So, But in saying all that, I'd like to see Todd Goldstein get another year, to be honest with you. And if the rumours are true that uh, they are in contract negotiations, I'd have no problem with him and Tristan Sherry fighting for that number one ruck spot uh, next year. Uh, 
Frank, we'll go to Jack Siegel, our former captain. Uh, seems to be re-energised in the back line this year. If his body holds up, uh, he probably gets another year, doesn't he? I mean, his stats are very similar to 2021 when he went uh, to the back line. But for some reason, they moved him back forward in a struggling team and uh, people were calling for his head uh, last year. But um, I, I think... Uh, yeah, he's looked pretty good and uh, probably in the top five in our best and fairest right now and probably deserves another year as well. Yep, I think he goes again. I was very, very sceptical at the start of the year, Dean, on whether he'd even play yeah. senior footy. Uh, but I think he's done that and uh, he definitely deserves uh, to go around again. If he wants to, that is. You know, I mean, he, he's he, his body has been put through a fair bit in that back line there and uh, he may feel that he's given everything he can. But if he wants to go around again, I'm tipping he's not going to uh, cost us, uh, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand for a year. I, I, I suspect uh, it would be a good investment to keep him uh, at the club another year. Yeah, Marnie, would you agree with that? Uh, if his body, yeah, born, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. he plays. He, will. I think I'm, I'm quite, I'm, I'm pretty confident he'll play again next year. I really hope he does. Um, I think he's had an excellent year. And you can't underestimate the contribution he makes as a leader. Um, I think particularly, you know, there's been periods this season where Simkin hasn't played or McDonald or Simkin have struggled. And I think he's really, really stepped up in the leadership department. And I, I think he'll definitely play again next year. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with that. So... Uh, well, that's it. All uh, out of contract players. We'll go through the lines now. Now, we'll talk about the back line, midfield and forward line. Just a couple of players about personnel changes that have come through. Uh, we'll start with the back line. Frank Griffin Logue, probably been a bit up and down, but long term, he's a staple uh, of that defence, isn't he? And a real leader down there, especially if Ben Mackay leaves. I agree, Dean. Yeah. Look, uh, I think the back line's been overwhelmed in certain games and. Uh, maybe the game plan betting down has made them look a little bit disorientated at times. Uh, I don't think you can look too much into until we get the, our, our midfield uh, sort of really better down and, and playing the way they want. I think the back line's been exposed to too many inside 50s. Um, saying that, I think he's done a reasonable job. Um, I, you know, I think he can do better, but um, for me, yeah, I, I think um, he, he stays there. If Ben Mackay goes, then yeah, even even more so. But uh, I, I'd give him a, a, a pass, Mark. Yeah, I think he's been yeah good enough. Um, yeah, he's had some sort of poor games, but who hasn't? Uh, to be honest yep. with you, but especially early in those first couple of rounds where he won, you've seen the potential there and what uh, he actually gives to the team. Good intercept player, Marnie Harry Sheasel has given us something that we have lacked for a real long time out of that back line, and gives the team good drive and a good solid user of the ball. I mean, we can't ask much more uh, from an eighteen-year-old, can we? No, Dean, the only you and I have said this a few times, all we want from him is there to be a few a few extra, one in the midfield, one up forward as well. Um, no, yeah. Harry's been excellent. I still think he's on track to win the rising star. I just yeah. think he has been absolutely unbelievable. Um, I think his performances, particularly over six weeks, maybe have been overshadowed by the wow factor of George Wardlaw, but I don't think you can really ignore what an impact he's had on the team. Um such a short period of time he has always stepped up to the plate he has always been you know a consistent performer at a minimum um if he hasn't just gone and absolutely you know dominated games um from the back line unfortunately has made a couple of crucial errors but you know that he's he's only in his 
here and he's still learning and, you know, give him a couple more seasons and he won't make any mistakes like that. Um, it was really exciting for me, though, when he, when he went up forward and, you know, the, the couple of goals that he kicked against Sydney and, you know, that for me was the wow factor of Harry Sheasel and I do really hope that we do ultimately see him um, up forward, kind of midfield forward role, um, you know, for most of his career. But, you know, what he's done in the back line in the first half of the year has just been out of this world. I think he's been excellent. Yeah, I mean, considering you didn't have – I think you played one quarter in pre-season and uh, pretty much just went uh, straight back there in the first round against West Coast. And, yeah, you know, I mean, he picked it up a lot, you know, water off a duck's back, really. So, yeah, no, he's, um, he's probably – you know, he'd be very – if he's not leading our best in first, he'd be very close to it. Um, right now, so that's um, that, that, that tells a story in itself. Um, we'll go to the midfield. Frank George Wardlaw, uh, Marnie just mentioned him, has come in and changed that whole dynamic, dynamic, hasn't he? I mean, he's setting the energy and the culture right now. His first game against Sydney, we were really flat to, flat to start the game with, and then all of a sudden, this 18 year old kid starts doing all these hard things, tackling, breaking lines. And then we get into the game and almost, and he almost won us a game against uh, the Bombers a few weeks ago as well. He's been set, sensational and he's set in the Shinbona culture as well, isn't he? Yeah, Dean, he, he's been super impressive. My only concern would be um, fatigue on his body. Yeah. You know, he did come in with, um, with some soft tissue injuries at the start of the year and I wouldn't like him to play until... He, he he does another injury. I'm sure the club will monitor that and 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 everything associated with that. Up, but he's been he's been sensational, and it's it's fantastic to see. Well, part of me, Dean, thinks it's not fantastic to see an 18 year old come in and set the standards. Uh, it's sometimes to look at it the other way and go. It's a bit concerning, but um, putting that aside, he's been absolutely fantastic, and I think you can even feel it in the crowd that uh, as North supporters, we there's a, a sort of a um, uh, and a, 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 like an excitement when he goes near the ball. Um, so uh, he's been terrific, and hopefully he, he keeps improving on that. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, you know, whether this is sustainable, that sort of, you know, big body, you know, like he's obviously going to get bigger over the years and do more pre-seasons. And for an 18-year-old to be doing what he's uh, doing at the moment, um, has not, been nothing short of extraordinary because he does really throw his body at every contest. Um, whether it's sustainable uh, for the rest of this year it remains to be seen, but it will be sustainable after a few pre-seasons once he gets yep. his body more in the gym. Um, yes, but uh, yeah, no, very exciting talent. Uh, Marnie, Will Phillips is another player that's made it his own uh, now after a little bit of a slow start in that midfield. Taking Tom Powell out of, that, out of there pretty much. His hands and his ability to find space for players in tight reminds me a little of Daniel Harris, who was a very good underrated North Melbourne player. Uh, you can see now why he was taken number three in the draft uh, all those years ago, can't we? Absolutely, and his kicking for me is what um, really sets him apart from the rest of the midfielders in particular in our side. He is just precision, perfect, perfectly executed, perfectly, perfectly weighted kicks nine times out of ten. His skill set is just fantastic and he's really clean and he's really polished and that's something that we really have lacked in the midfield for a very, very long time. Um, it was weird with Will Phillips. It was like you're kind of waiting for something to happen, you know, you're kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. Then all of a sudden one day it just clicked and he kind of hasn't put a foot wrong, um, put a foot wrong since since then. He has really cemented himself into our midfield pretty quickly. And, and I think that 
he's been yeah he's been fantastic and I'm really excited to see you know give him you know the rest of the year and just a bit more continuity and a bit you know a bit of you know license to move and and kind of do do his own thing I think he's gonna be a star I, I really 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 believe that and you can kind of see it now um and you can kind of see all the pieces coming together so I'm wrapped I'm really wrapped for him and, and I'm wrapped for us too because the the cleanliness um and the decision making from him is something that is really unique to the side. Unfortunately, we don't have too many players with a skill, you know, high skills like that. So we really forming as he is now. Do you think he handballs too much, Marnie, just before I finish him? I think we all handball too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we overpossess handball. Uh, we we overpossess handball just in general. Um and we and that I think kills us. Um, because we get pinged and then the opposition team just kills us on the turnover because we're not quick enough to match them. Uh, yes, but I think across the board, probably something we really need to need to work on as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it looks good. The overlap looks good, but I think it affects the forwards uh, leading up the ground because they lead, double back, lead, double back, and then it often leads, uh, sometimes it can lead to you know, a turnover um, and sort of a panic decision. So we just got to get that balance right where we do get the overlap and, um, yeah, we do uh, hit our forwards uh, when the time comes. Uh, We'll go to the forward line. Um, there's been a few changes uh, through through that uh, through this year. Uh, Frank Jaden Stevenson, and we've talked about him, and we talked about him um, last week as well. They said he was uh, the club said he was going slow in pre-season, and there was talk that he wouldn't be in the round one team. Uh, Twenty-one goals, and he's having a great year, starting to feel his potential, uh, isn't he? Yeah, Dean, and uh, I, I think uh, you know heaven heaven help us if we could actually get the ball in there uh, with a bit more organisation and uh, a, a bit more regularly. I think he's made uh, the most of fairly limited opportunities uh, on occasions. I mean, I know the last four or so weeks we've been far more competitive, uh, but I think what he's achieved as a, you know, a smallish forward, I know he's not tiny, but uh, a mid-sized forward has been outstanding given the opportunities that he's, uh, you know, had. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, yeah, to kick 21 goals in a poor team um, is a really good effort. Um, and, yeah, look, he, he was playing the back line second half of last year and so he might have learned a little, a little bit playing on uh, some decent uh, small forwards. So, yeah, who knows? But he's a very smart footballer and, yeah, we, it's really good that uh, he's starting to fulfil his potential that he showed, you know, when he won the Norwich Rising Star Award only five years ago. So, yeah, no, it's really good to see. Marnie, CCJ? Uh, to me, looks really dangerous as that second tall for, uh, t- second tall in the forward line. Has kicked two goals against the Bombers and Swans. If he gets an opportunity, he does look dangerous, doesn't he? He does have a uh, clean set of uh, hands. Yeah, I think he's been great. And I think he has really kind of just taken it. It's, it's again, that conversation. I, mean, I think Common, Common had a really, really good start to the year. And you kind of, he was building and building and building and, his pressure and his competitiveness in the air, no one could fault that, but he wasn't translating on the scoreboard. So you've got Coleman Jones who comes in in place of him when he goes, when um, when Coleman, you know, obviously unfortunately suffered that terrible injury against the D's and he's just added a new level. Not only is he, you know, a really solid backup ruck option for Goldstein, but he's clunking just about everything that comes his way. He's kicking goals, he's creating opportunities. I think he's been fantastic. And for me, I wasn't really sure um, on the back of last year. He didn't really feel, um, fulfill his sort of 
for me, his potential. Um, and I kind of left wondering, well, where is this going to go? But he hasn't really put a foot wrong. I don't think you can really say since he's come back into the side. Um, and, and I really think he, for me now, is the clear second fiddle to Larky. Um, I think when Combin is fit, we will need to make an assessment of where Combin fits rather than where Coleman Jones fits because I think he's actually really cemented himself in that forward line as the second forward. Um, and I think he's a very good option as a second forward. Um, we've got what we've seen from him um, over the past couple of months. He does look dangerous. Yeah, no, he does. Um, but uh, And I think he's growing uh, each week that he plays. Obviously, his last game was, he was, he was a little bit quiet. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think there's potential there. And, yeah, I mean, I think now he sees himself as that forward that can pinch it in the ruck rather than the opposite way around where he sort of came to the club that wanted to be the number one ruckman. But I don't think he's uh, – I don't think that's his position. I think he shows a lot more as a forward that uh, can pinch in the ruck. Uh, Frank, we've talked about small forwards. Uh, Marnie has just pretty much written them all off um, and pretty much uh, fair enough to, to be honest with you I mean Kane Turner, Drury, Jack Marnie, Spicer, she hasn't written them all off uh, in all fairness to her um, but a couple of them um, well, you know, you, it's hard to disagree um, Tom Powell is, is he a small forward because we've seen last week he, when he gets uh, that opportunity inside forward 50 He's a very good uh, classy finisher uh, could he be that player because at the moment he's on the outer in the midfield Look, it'd be no harm in trying, Dean. He's probably not the first one. I think Blake Drury still has some yeah. potential in that spot. He He's played it as a junior. He just probably hasn't had the time. But, look, the one thing you know with Tommy Powell is he doesn't – he very rarely wastes his disposals. The problem for him at the moment is he's just not getting it quite enough. But saying that, if, uh, if you're um, – if you're pass mark at the moment for a small forward – in our forward line, it's probably, you know, 10 disposals and a goal. Uh, and he's certainly got the potential to do that more than any of the other ones. So um, if it means he gets game time, um, you know, I'd absolutely experiment with him as a, as a small forward and then field um, on occasions just to build his confidence and, he, and his tank. Yeah, look, I, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I do a lot. Like, I think there's a lot more than just being a small forward for him. But right now, because I think there's a, a very talented footballer, um, but at, right now he's squeezed out of the midfield. And with LDU to come back after the bye, I don't think you see him getting many opportunities there. So, yeah, yeah. I'd like to, yeah, just keep him inside that 450. And, you know, uh, t- a pass mark being 10 disposals for our small forwards, I think that's uh, it's probably more like five uh, disposals, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, you're I probably think right. Uh, yeah, I think you're being very generous here, but um, yeah, so yeah, uh, I mean, I think you'll you'll play as that high half forward um, anyway. Uh, Marnie, we'll finish with you and with young emerging midfield, and I know you want me to talk about uh, Hugh Greenwood. Now, for me, I like him in that forward line that can go in for spells to help that young midfield. Very athletic, good in the year, good in the air, competes. Could this be a role for him? Because he has shown signs first two rounds and the last round he kicked two goals in the first quarter. I like him as a forward. How do you see it? Can, can you believe that all we've spoken about on this podcast tonight is players out of contract and role, you know, position changes. And I've just said, I want to talk about Hugh Greenwood. And Dean's like, <laughs> okay, no worries. I'll find a spot for him. Um, <laughs> yeah. um he was great against the Bulldogs and he had a really hot start. Um, he obviously took that excellent contested mark and he kicked the first goal of the game and then he 
you know, was awarded a free kick for a push in the back and he got his second. I I really, I think that for me, I see him and Zerha having the ability to rotate through the midfield and forward line. They could almost tag team each other because I think Hugh, for me, contributes enough in the midfield but also really has the ability to contribute up forward and maybe if he needs a rest you keep him forward rather than bring him to the bench I just think that for me his biggest asset is his leadership his leadership qualities and I just again I just don't think you can really underestimate what um what value that has on the team and obviously Dean you've just mentioned that before to really guide the young guys he's the first one you know he hypes the team up He's the first one just about over to every player. You know, if someone does something good or go over a tap him on the back. I just don't think you can, in a young developing side, you really can't underestimate that. Jack Zabel does that a lot as well. He's coaching. I've seen him coach from the boundary line and, you know, bark instructions to the boundary line multiple times throughout games. Hugh Greenwood does the same. I know Ricky, um, who writes the Shinbona, he's mentioned it a couple of times with Hugh Greenwood as well, his leadership and the fact that he does not stop talking and he's constantly, you know, directing traffic, he's constantly encouraging, he's constantly coaching. And I think that's such a valuable thing to have in the side. But he's contributing. He's tackling. He's winning clearances. He has kicked a couple of goals on the weekend. He can pinch hit in the ruck if need be if we don't have any other options uh, like he did in round one. So for me, I think that he his form this year has been excellent and he's really worked hard for his spot and I think he really deserves it. And I know I'm now not the only person who thinks so. I think I was just about on my own at the start of the year, but I'm glad other people have jumped on the bandwagon now. Um, welcome aboard, plenty of room for everyone. But for me, yeah, I think I think there is so much more to his game than maybe has been utilised at the moment. And I think that he does have multiple strengths. And I think that we're just playing him where we need him at any given time. I still think, he, you know, sort of an inside mid and, and, and really, you know, going hard in, um, you know, at ruck contests and kind of being being in the middle of it, I still think is probably his his best played position and best use. But I don't think he needs to be in there, you know, winning clearances all the time. I think he can go forward um, if need be and, you know, be a mid-sized, uh, another mid-sized target. Like I said, maybe it's a rotation between him and Zerha um, because they do play, you know, they're, they're a similar size, similar height. Obviously, Zerha's more of that dynamic um, kind of live wire forward where I think Greenwood's more your solid marking and go back and take that set shot. Um, but for me, I mean, obviously, I've been really pleased um, with what I've seen from him this year and I, I know I'm not alone when I say that. Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, it was, it was bizarre that he was out of the team for so long, to be honest with you. I know you're calling for him to come into the team when he's playing reserves, but a lot of other people were questioning why he was out of the team. And we're a much better team when he's in it, uh, to be honest with you. And that's not uh, you know, me uh, uh, just saying that for the sake of it, because you're on the show. It's actually facts, because we've been a lot more competitive in games when he's been in the team. And I'll make a bold prediction that he'll kick four-plus goals in a game in one game this year because, yeah, I've seen enough that um, in that Bulldogs game where he kicked two in the first quarter and that was it, didn't play forward, um, only for little, little spells in the last three quarters, whereas I, I, I thought I would have kept him in the forward line a lot longer. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how we go with that. Uh, Frank, that's all I have for tonight. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Did you want to add anything else? No, thank you, Dean. Thank you, Marnie. It's been a pleasure as always. And uh, let's hope we can uh, put up a, a good effort on that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Marnie, thank you so kindly for coming on. Um, did you want to add anything else before I let you go? 
No, thank you, Frank Dean, for having me. It is always a pleasure. So thank you very much to Marnie and Frank for coming on the show tonight. So that's it for today's show. I will be back uh, for a couple episodes this week. Um, I won't, I'll be away um, as of Sunday. I'm going away to sunny Queensland for nine days. I won't be bringing my laptop, so I won't be doing any episodes uh, next week at uh, this stage. I did uh, say to Marnie and Frank that I'll speak to them next week, but um, that won't be happening. I, I just remembered now. So apologies to all you other listeners if you expect an episode next week. I will be back, I will be back the week after. So look out for that. Um, but uh, I'll put out a couple of episodes this week to make up for it. So we'll see how we go. Um, but uh, once again, thanks to all you lovely listeners for all the likes, retweets, and comments you all put into the show. It's much appreciated. I couldn't do this podcast without your support. Uh, if you can leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform you use as well, that would be awesome. I'll be back probably on Wednesday this week. I'm going to try and get ravishing Ricky Mangesis. It's been a long time uh, since he's been on the show, so it'll be good to get his thoughts on how the club is going. So, yeah, look out for that and try and uh, get another episode uh, to preview our game coming up against the Adelaide Crows this week. So, look out. Uh, That's it for today. I will leave a shout-out to Josh at Data by Josh on Twitter. Until Wednesday... Bye for now, and go Roos.